You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, hello. This is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. And today, we are going to talk about blacks. <laughs> we are going to discuss uh, the presence of black people in the Bible. We're going to discuss race amongst blacks, blacks, black people in the Bible. And uh, I want to give you context for how the Bible deals with this thing we call race. This is going to be a multiple part. So tune in and make sure you are locked in and ready to listen to these episodes. All right. This is Lee Fuller. You're listening to the Bible in real life and let's get started. Are you excited? I'm excited. But before we do that, have you subscribed yet? Have you told others about the Bible in real life podcast? These are two important things that we want to make sure are being done. Okay, um, with that out of the way, let us go into, so February is Black History Month every year, and I decided for the podcast, let us look at some of the Black history in the Bible. I think it'll be a fascinating endeavor and something hopefully will be as rewarding for you as it has been for me going through this process, okay? Um... And what's interesting is you'll see references um, to different nationalities or different locations, and I'll, I'll break a lot of this down, from Genesis to Revelation, right? Here's why. Because the Bible is about God, right? And furthermore, his interaction with people. And the um, when you're interacting with people, there's certain characteristics that are evident, right? And what I want us to do is realize that it's not just a person is made up of skin color, but that's not all there is. Oh, we're going to get into it today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hey, you ready in the back? You're ready in the back. <laughs> See, I'm practicing before I get my studio audience, right? Um, but let's let's go ahead and get started. So first thing I want to do is tackle this idea of race. Okay, tackle tackle this idea of race in the um, not only in the Bible, um, but uh, I want to start with the definition. So I went to Merriam-Webster, right, <clears throat> and the definition of race says. Any one of the groups of people, hold on, let me see, can I share this screen? Uh, I'll just keep going. Any one of the groups that humans are often divided into based on physical traits regarded as common among people of shared ancestry. Wait a minute. So even the idea of race isn't just color, right? It's physical, based on physical traits, common among people of shared um, ancestry. But when I go back and I look over the archaic definition, and this is just something I like to do. Whenever I'm looking up something in a not um, biblical resources, right? Or particularly um, Bible dictionaries and different things, I often go back and look for the archaic um, definition. 
because definitions kind of transcend or change over time. So the archaic definition, watch this, for race used to mean the descendants of a common ancestor, a group sharing a common lineage. So race used to be or used to mean more of a common ancestry, right? So um, it wasn't color. You see how the new one talked about physical characteristics? The other one referred to more of, hey, if you have common ancestors or if you're a lineage. And I, I started thinking about this. So when I lived in Africa for about a year and a half, um, I, I want to know, were there race differences or were there, um, like, America is kind of this this salad bowl or melting pot or, you know, um, area where different people have migrated to. Um, but what about some of the homogeneous, some of those countries where there's a lot of the same people, right? Do they, cons how do they group themselves together, right? Are we just, are we all Chinese, right? Or are we all um, African, right? No, they tend to designate themselves more um, based on religion or based on tribes, right? It's more of a tribal thing. So I started thinking, hmm, one of the least amount, I guess one of the least consequential, consequential ways to distinguish ourselves would be color of skin, right? Black. Um, so I said, hmm, that's an interesting concept. Does the Bible really focus on the color of people when they, when they are naming them? I don't see that in the Bible. So as I was looking for, uh, as I was looking for color, because the Bible doesn't really say, hey, this person, um, very often, I should say, you know, I think, I think in Solomon, it talks about the, that black skin, right? But um, the Bible doesn't really articulate a person's color because it doesn't matter. Um, I forgot what percentage, but skin pigmentation is such a small percentage of the DNA makeup, right? Because if you, if the heart surgeon goes into a black person, a Spanish person, a whatever, um, a German person, the heart's in the same place, right? So uh, race and different things are really skin deep. But with that said, let's look into this first concept of, of race as we enter into the Bible. So we're going to go into different people throughout biblical history, but I want to set this, this overview so that we kind of go into the Bible realizing that, you know what? We're not going to necessarily see, hey, this brown man or this black man or this white man for that instance. We're going to see locations. So we're going to have to understand the color uh, or black or white or you're, we're going to understand the color based on the location of the event. And that'll help you kind of as you're reading your Bible, you say, wait a minute. This geography, the geography of this place seems to be here. And that would indicate about how this person may have looked. 
Mm. So now we're seeing identities based on geography and not solely on um, pictures we've seen or how things have been taught to us. And we're going to talk about that as well. So uh, I like to start with scripture. So where can we see the first indication of perhaps what a person looks like in the Bible? So let's go over to, let's go over to our handy dandy uh, Bible here. So first place we're going to go is Genesis. Of course, we start at the beginning. Genesis chapter, um, let's see, chapter 13. It says, the name, the name of the second river. So it's, we're talking about the Garden of Eden, right? And God kind of gives a location for where this Garden of Eden was. All right. So we'll start at 10. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden. There it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole hand of Havela, where there was gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellum and onyx stones are there. Cool, cool, cool. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. Hold up, Cush. Um, here is where we begin to see that uh, this area was called the land of Cush, okay? So uh, many times in scripture, let me, so let me, well, and then I'll just keep going to give us context for where the Garden of Eden likely was. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flowed east of Assyria, which is now, ba which was Babylon. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Wait a minute, back up the truck, Lee. So it looks like the Garden of Eden was not in America, right? So, you know, sorry, Americans, right? The Garden of Eden was not in America. The Garden of Eden was not in Europe. So we're looking more in the Mesopotamian area, right? Where certain rivers are mentioned. The Tigris and Euphrates. I remember when I was in Iraq, it was amazing. I was like, oh, I just went over. I think it was the Tigris. I think I just went over the Tigris River. Oh, right. I'm in Bible times, Bible places. Right. So, um, so there's the Tigris, but also it says the river Pishon went around the land of Cush. Okay. So now let's look and see. So, um, we see Eden is in this, this area of the world. So when we look in this area of the world, what color people do we see in this area of the world? In a, in a tropical or a, a bright shining <laughs> location, right? We see a certain look of people. But um, that just gives us a location of of where the Garden of Eden would have happened, right? Um, now, some people say, oh, Adam was a black man. Well, I don't know if I would go that far, but I will say that in that region of the country, you know, people are darker skinned than in other regions of the world, okay? <laughs> um, so, uh, but we see that 
the Garden of Eden was in uh, around that area of Mesopotamia where people tend to be a little darker. Is that right? So point number one. Next, let's look and see. Uh, my next point is let's go to Genesis chapter 10. So if we go to Genesis chapter 10, because the Bible mentioned uh, this guy by the name of Cush, right? The land of Cush. So let's let's go over to Genesis chapter 10. And this is really called the table of nations, right? So uh, let me give you a little context for Genesis chapter 10 in case it's been a while since you've been in Bible study, right? So Genesis chapter 10 is the descendants, the nations that descended from Noah, okay? Remember, the world was flooded and um, God saved Noah and his wife, Noah's three sons and their wives. And from those eight people, the world began to be repopulated, right? So let's look at, let's look at these, uh, they call this kind of the table of nations because we see, let's look at this list and see if there's any nations that may have developed from certain people. Ooh, fascinating. <laughs> All right, so we'll start at 10. Verse one, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Megog, Madeira, Javan, Tubin, Meshit, and Tigris. The sons of Gomer, um, uh, Ashkenad, Babla, Tagarath, the sons of Javan, right? So we're seeing, we're seeing the sons of Japheth, right? Verse six, the sons of Ham. Now, who are the sons of Ham, their names were Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush was Saba, right? Also where um, it also became Sheba, right? Havela, Sabbath, Rema, Sekata, you know, the sons of Sheba, and it kind of keeps going, right? And then just for good measure, um, well, the sons of Cush, uh, Seba, Heba, I'm sorry, <laughs> it's hard. Uh, verse nine, uh, one of the sons of Cush fathered Nimrod, who became a mighty man, when, a descendant of Cush. Okay, come on, Nimrod. Um, and the Nimrod built this place. The beginning of the kingdom was Babel, right? Uh, and we're going to go, we, you'll hear more about the Tower of Babel and that type of stuff from this mighty leader that came from Ham, right? Along with his other sons, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, before I wait a minute, <laughs> let's keep going. Um, and then verse 29, it says to them also, hold on, let's see. I want to make sure we talk about the other son too. To Shem also, the father of the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born. The sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, uh, Archibaz, Lud, and Aram, right? So when you go through, wait a minute. This is the boring part. This is the part of the Bible that people skip. When we go through these sections, we see a couple things. Number one, that Ham, one of... Noah's son, um, he fathered Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. So this kind of gives you an idea of 
where these people, the sons of Cain of Ham, where they migrated, right? So the lineage or the tribe that came from the son named Egypt became the what? Egyptians, right? So the Egyptians are, I don't know if you have, have looked at it, um, Egypt is Northern Africa, right? Before it broke out, Egypt is considered Africa by many, many people, right? All throughout history, Egypt was considered Africa or part of Africa. So those that came from Egypt were called Egyptians of the line of of Ham. Canaan, so the Canaanites. So when we read about the the Amorites and the Havites and the Hivites and the Perizzites. Wait a minute. These were from Canaan or they lived. These were the Canaanites, right? Whoa, wait a minute. So now as I'm reading through scripture, I'm starting to see that those that descended from Ham moved to these warmer climates, right? And they became the Canaanites. They became the Egyptians. Oh, wow. All right. And Cush. Right. So um, the land around Cush. So now location is giving us a little idea of how these people may have looked. And I want us to understand that in this very first part of the Bible. Now, <laughs> um, uh, let's continue real quick. Shim. Right. Following from Shem, that's where we get Eber and that's where we start to get the, um, that's where we start to get um, Jake, uh, Abraham's lineage was through Shem, right? So I'm not saying that the Jews are black people, right? <laughs> right. Um, but when you start looking at the table of nations in Genesis chapter 10, you start to see how and then later, how, how do I explain this? Moses wrote the law, right? So he's writing about things that happened in the past. So he's giving us information based on what he knows from the future. Does that make sense? So when he goes back and writes about it, he's like, oh, the descendants of Ham went here, right? Because they didn't start to spread out until the fall of Babel. You know, when God separated people, watch this, man, even in the Tower of Babel, the separation came not because of skin color, right? People didn't go and and cover the whole world because they were like, oh, you guys are black and you guys are brown and you guys are red and you guys are white. The separation was because of language. Oh, we understand this crew over here. We understand these people over here. So when they began to migrate throughout the world, right? Um, some migrated to the land of Cush. Some migrated norther, right? Uh, more north. Some migrated more south. And then we start to see the Oriental people. We start to see Europeans. We start to get the Africans. So here is what I think is amazing for us to understand. When you look at science, science will tell us and shows us the beauty of the creation. I'm going off on a little tangent, but I'm going to turn it back around. 
when we see the beauty of creation built into the 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 human race built into how God created mankind is the ability to adapt to the environment in which you're placed in. Okay. So as they spread out and some went to darker climates, then there they began to get darker. Their pigmentation began to adjust, right? Um, the they begin to become resistant to certain diseases, right? That may have been prevalent in that area or certain bacteria or whatever that may be prevalent in that area. So God created us to live forever. So had not been sin, we would continue to live forever. But that's that's another topic for another day. But as man began to migrate um, and separate, then they began to marry those that separated along with them so genes began to become more dominant, right? So that darker pigmentation that had that had developed amongst this group, it began to continue to those that um, were having babies, right? <laughs> I might have to have a scientist on it to break it down a little further. But what I want you to see is these these races or these color distinctions are simply a byproduct of the migration of people to various areas, not their intellect, not their, um, not their, uh, yeah, it's not a race became smarter, a race became faster, a race became more, um, dominant in sports. <laughs> That's a whole conversation uh, we're not going to talk about. It. But based on certain places that people migrated to, your skill sets needed to be a little different. Your body had to adjust to where you were. Those colder climates, you know, uh, didn't need as much pigmentation. Those darker climates, those middle climates. But anyway, here's my point. <clears throat> Races wasn't a thing uh, and depended on color, right? The archaic definition was the descendants of common ancestor or a common lineage, right? Your tribe began to be what you began to identify with. Why? Because you guys spoke the same language and over time you began to look the same, right? So it's not an intellect. So if you hear that, oh man, if we believe, that all mankind descended from Adam and Eve, then there was there isn't an intellectual difference. There isn't a physical difference genetically. There isn't a spiritual difference, right? So black people have a soul. Indian people have a soul, right? So um, a lot of these superficial distinctions that have developed over time are not biblically based. They separated from the, the Tower of Babel began to migrate around the world because of language differences. I just, I don't understand what you're saying. So I'm going to hang out with the people that also speak Spanish or that also speak Aramaic or speak Lugandan or speak Russian, right? This is how we began to get the separation. And in God's economy, God made us so that 
we can have these differences yet still be united under the human race. Okay. Um, you know, peace, you know, my peace talk is over, but, um, so I want to lay that foundation. Biblically distinctions were based on family. They were more tribal distinctions, right? Not color distinctions. Next. I want to go a little further. So if you read 10 and 11, you'll understand the table of nations and you'll also understand how they began to separate, right? 10 and 11, it's in Genesis, read the Bible. <laughs> this is the Bible in real life, right? Next. <clears throat> um, now that we understand that, um, that there were different shades, right? Now let's look and see what these shades or how they popped up throughout scripture, right? So let's continue in Genesis. When we continue in Genesis, we see that Abram, many times when there was a famine, he would go to Egypt, a world power Egypt the Egypt in Northern Africa, the Egypt that had these pharaohs and kings and were world leaders, so much so that um, when there were lack in other places, they would go to Pharaoh. So as I start looking at these, at these, at Bible scriptures now, when I look at the geography, I say, wait a minute, the Pharaoh may have looked a lot like me. The Pharaoh that gave, and so uh, when we continue in Genesis, so the Pharaoh that was the ruler of the time that appointed Joseph may have looked like me. Speaking of Joseph, and here is another um let me see. I think there was England intermingling before. Oh, oh, before we get to Egypt, let's go to, um, let's see, in Genesis, um, we start to see the, the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, right? And when we look at Jacob's 12 sons, we start to see that, um, I'm trying to get to the verse, sorry, I'm looking at my, my scriptures over here. Abraham's death and descendants. So, um, uh, come on, come on. Sorry about this. Um, I'll just tell you, two of, at least two of the 12 tribes, Simeon and I believe Judah, Simeon and Judah took wives from the Canaanites. Remember, we saw in Genesis chapter 10 that Cush, Ham had sons, Cush, Canaan, Egypt, and Put, right? So... When, when um, Simeon 
and Judah marries Canaanites, those Canaanites may have looked a little bit like me and you. So what are we seeing? We're seeing that even within the 12 tribes, there wasn't a, a racial issue based on color, right? They're identified as a Canaanite, right? Um, next, we see, we see, who else? Joseph, when Joseph goes to Egypt, Pharaoh gives Joseph a wife. Wait a minute. Pharaoh gives Joseph a wife from Egypt. <laughs> so little Joseph is married to an Egyptian. Okay. So Joseph is married to an Egyptian. So, which means his little, little Egyptian babies, <laughs> Egyptian mama babies, right? Um, Manasseh and Ephraim. Incidentally, Manasseh, Manasseh and Ephraim were one of the largest, you know, they became some of the largest tribes in Israel. Now, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying what that, I'm not saying black people have a whole bunch of babies. I'm just saying that there was a blessing on those tribes, right? Half tribe of Manasseh, right? One was on one side of the promised land, other. I'm just showing you that this intermingling that is happening between those that are within that realm or that area. So we see Egyptians being married into, into the family. We see from the 12 tribes, some are marrying some of the Canaanites. They are intermingling, right? Wow. So now when I look at scripture, I start to see that not all of the pictures that I see in the kids' coloring books, not all of the pictures that I see within the paintings, do they all look European, right? Some of them could look a lot like Black history, okay? So, uh, isn't this fascinating? Now, when I look at scripture, now, why do I want, why did I want to do this series? Why do I want to show you aspects of black history? Because representation matters. <laughs> Meaning for so long, when we read scripture, we didn't picture anybody looking like us. And I would hear of, of different generations that would claim that religion was the white man's religion or something like that. I think in the next uh, next um, podcast, I'm going to talk about um, uh, blacks in religion or like the black history of kind of the religious movement, that type of stuff, to show how impactful um, blacks have been in the propagation of the gospel throughout the years. But here, I want to showcase and highlight some of the generalities, some of the big picture. So um, the Egyptians, the Canaanites um, were black people in the Bible. And, and 
I don't know. I don't know. When I see these big powerful empires, right? When I see Babylon and the Tower of Babel was from um, Nimrod, who was a mighty hunter, right? He was a leader, came from the line of Cush. So I see even in biblical history, I see leaders. And this is to encourage those that may have felt like, hey, we don't see some of our history, right? Well, we see mighty empires. We see um, in Canaan, you have the the um, Babylonian Empire. You see the Amorites. You see the um, Amalekite, the Assyrians. That's what I was looking for. The big, mighty Assyrians, right? May have and more than likely looked, well, were darker, right? So these mighty empires of leaders. We see a lot of our judicial code was from the documentation of how the Assyrians would document and standardize things. So we see education, we see writing, we see language, we see rules, we see leaders in Black history in the Bible. But here's the thing. They weren't called Black Assyrians. They weren't called Black Egyptians. Um, They weren't called the Black tribes of Judah. They were based on nationalities. They were based on family structure. And that's what we have to understand. But now when you see the geography, now when you're looking at scripture based on where they lived, and even today, what do people look like in that area? To harken back to that gene conversation, genes began to be stronger and dominant because people consisted and persisted in those locations, right? So how they looked in Africa and Egypt and Iraq and in Mesopotamia or in Babylon or Israel now is a lot of how they looked back then, okay? So I just wanted to introduce that to you um, on today's episode Um, Let me go through a couple more in Genesis. Um, Well, uh, I think we'll end the conversation in Genesis and then because I will go more into Moses and his black wife uh, in the next one and the wisdom of Moses' family and we'll be able to trace them back as well. Here's my point. When you read the Bible, don't let anybody tell you that there weren't black voices, that there weren't black people or darker skinned people in the Bible that would look like you with your smooth skin or your rough or your curly beard or your, you know, I I was going to say curly hair. I just don't have a lot on my head anymore. Um, But be encouraged. Black history is Bible history, but they weren't called black. They were called Egyptians. They were called Canaanites. They were called Cush. And Cush, even in some of the Old Testament Bibles, Old Testament Bible, even in some of the King James, Cush is sometimes translated Ethiopia, right? Isn't that amazing? Um, So this is just kind of the introduction. We'll, we'll go into, because we'll find, 
we'll find them mentioned in Jeremiah. We'll find them in Isaiah. We find them in the New Testament. Bible history is black history. You black person, and I'm talking to the black person listening right now. <laughs> you have been relevant, powerful, and instrumental from the beginning of time. Okay. Starting in Genesis, you begin to see. So you do have a place on this planet. You are not a second class citizen and you never were. Okay. Hope you're encouraged by this uh, podcast today. Um, I'm excited for what we're going to get into. I'm going to have some scriptures. We're going to have some, some uh, interesting perspectives that I want to bring up. Um, and I want to show how in the New Testament, how we see these divisions and what the gospel has to say about it. So stay tuned to this series as we go through black history in the Bible. All right. This is Lee Fuller. This is Bible in Real Life. And this series, this episode is one you will want to share with friends and neighbors. All right. God bless you. Have a good day. Bible in Real Life. The Bible is black history. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.